Coming up today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, the Athletics' John Hollinger writes a trade proposal regarding the Charlotte Hornets. We also talk about the G League move made yesterday a little bit more in depth. Nick Engstadt drops a soundbite for us and this. Who are you taking to the dance anyway? Spalding? Spalding? Shut up. I don't know what that is. Love and basketball? No, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen Love and Basketball? I haven't seen it. Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We have a packed Friday show, G League news. We tried to hit on it a little bit yesterday, but we're going to dive deeper into the G League news. We also have a proposed trade by John Hollinger of The Athletic regarding the Charlotte Hornets. So we'll talk a little bit about that opening up here. Also, we have a Nick Angstat clip from the Locked On NBA National Show, as well as he hosts Locked On Mavs. Am I getting that last name right, or is that another Turkoglu moment, which we've had a lot of the past couple of uh, shows? No, you nailed it, my friend. we got a great show. We've got uh, a Nick Nugget, and we've got a Hollinger H-bomb. <laughs> and we also are, yeah, the... Uh, the Nick Nugget is going to be on the Woj bomb yesterday. That just was nuclear. I mean, when you talk about Alan Crabb being dealt in a trade, it's a nuclear bomb. First, let's get with this. Uh, what do you call the Hollinger one? Hollinger H bomb. <laughs> the H bomb. Let's get to the H bomb. So John Hollinger wrote how Michael Kidd Gilchrist could be a sneaky trade piece at the deadline, and then in his it's funny in his write up as soon as he mentions the letters MKG. As soon as he says that, he's like, no, seriously, wait, hear me out. It's like he knew <laughs> the listener, he knew the readers, I should say, their eyes just glazed over and they moved on to the next uh, trade proposal. He, no, no, stick with me. So he wrote how Michael Kidd Gilchrist could be a sneaky trade piece at the deadline because in this proposed deal, he sends MKG and Billy Hernan Gomez to the Lakers okay. for DeMarcus Cousins, Quinn Cook, and your boy, Troy Daniels. Bye. <laughs> now in this trade that the reason he does this he he says it would give the hornets a nine and a half million dollar trade exception okay and save over two million dollars the rest of the season Cha-ching. cook has a guarantee for next year and the trade for la is for them to then swap mkg for andre Iguodala, who has not played this season he has been a popular name to go to some of these contenders, right? It's kind of been the two L.A. teams that we've all thought he might go to. Is it going to be the Clippers? Is it going to be the Lakers? And right now, Memphis still controls that contract. So, Doug, when you read that trade proposal from John Hollinger, the H-bomb that is in front of your face, how do you feel? It's really, really interesting to me. I think now that we've spoken it into existence, it won't happen because I can't, I can't remember the last – I can't remember any trade that someone speculated about and it came to fruition in its entirety. It's as if you speak it out of existence. But let's let's kind of dig into this deal a little bit, okay? So you get Cousins, he's out for the year. Got he's, my he's in and he's not uh guaranteed for next year, so he's gone. Quinn Cook, uh, I think he's partially guaranteed for next year, if I'm correct. Maybe one million dollars partially guaranteed i'm I not i think it's guaranteed cook has a guarantee for next year is what this write-up is okay well i'm just saying i don't know but it seems like it's partially guaranteed anyway okay. um and then you've got troy daniels that would be a fun return uh, of course famously the hero of the miracle after midnight copyright locked on hornets doug branson mla site me um and 
he's non-guaranteed for next year, so he comes off the book. So I like it from that perspective. You're not bringing on uh, big extra money, and you get that $9.5 million, trade, uh, million dollar trade exception, which could be important in the offseason. You could use that as a way to bring back a contract that maybe you want or a bad contract and assets. And this is important for Los Angeles because they don't have any draft picks to deal with. They have to deal in these exceptions and players kind of thing uh, to get the player that they want. So this will be a good deal for them too. Yeah, I mean, if you're willing to take on a lot of bad money in order to get some assets, that's nothing that I would be against. And we've had Rick Bennell on quite a bit to talk about the upcoming trade deadline because the Hornets are interesting regarding Marvin Williams, maybe some of these other veterans, maybe even a biz at some point getting some kind of value if another team needs some front court depth and a big man, maybe a backup defensive big man. You know, I maybe there's some value there, but this is a little interesting because, okay, it's all about your philosophy. Do you want to take on some more bad money? It's why everybody hated the Hornets signing Terry Rozier again. It's because Terry Rozier was making $18 million, and here's a team that once again demonstrates an ability to get bad contracts. We all know how bad Nick Batum's contract is and Biz and everybody else. And so I think that's what ever, that scared everybody. But, Doug, you and I, when we talked about that Terry Rozier contract, we didn't care as much. I mean, to me, I probably put it at a, what, a C minus, a D plus signing. It wasn't a complete fail, and it's proven to be even better than that. But in this situation, taking on the bad money isn't all that bad of course, depending on what kind of assets you would get in return, and this trade exception would allow you to not have the numbers exactly correct, and you would be able to take on maybe a couple more assets, even if the money is really bad. What do you think, though? To me, this represents the kind of deal that you want the Charlotte Hornets to make if they make a deal at all at the trade deadline. And what I mean by that is it's the kind of trade that's step one of a multi-step plan to contend again. You right. don't want them to make the other kind of trade, which is to go after Andre Drummond or go after DeMar DeRozan, kind of a win now, you know, turn, turn the wheel back towards the playoffs. No, you want something that doesn't, you have to really think about to, to make sense of it because, you know, they're hopefully Kupchak and company are thinking two or three steps ahead. If I were a betting person, I would bet that the Hornets would make that type of deal, the, the multi-step kind of deal, step one of many. And if you're a betting person, if you're the type of fan that knows basketball so well that you could choose any game and call it, well, let me tell you, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, we've got college basketball going now. It's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with my bookie. If you're going to bet this season, you got to do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because nobody gives you more ways to win. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to a grand, $1,000. That means if you deposit two grand, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code LOCKEDON. To take advantage of this generous sign-up offer from MyBookie, visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. We mentioned the G League acquisition in Ray Spalding yesterday for just a little bit, but we did not mention the corresponding move. The Hornets, in regard to that Ray Spalding acquisition, they released Robert Franks, the guy out of Washington State who was a big, tall 6'10 guy who could also hit three-pointers and shoot from beyond the arc and really not do much else after that. So Robert Franks, now gone, 
they acquire the Louisville big man Ray Spalding. What Ray Spalding's numbers look like is he was the 56th overall draft pick. He averaged 15.5 points, 8.5 rebounds, 2 assists, 1.2 steals, and 1.7 blocks per game while shooting almost 63% from the field in the G League. And if you compare those G League numbers to the numbers in his final year at Louisville, they look very similar. The numbers in his final year at Louisville, he was scoring just over 12 points a game. Uh, He had eight and a half total rebounds per game. Uh, The blocks pretty much the exact same, 1.7. So really similar numbers from what you saw his last year at Louisville to uh, what he did uh, in the G League. Doug, really quickly, I I like Ray Spalding more. If you're going to ask me who would you rather have, Ray Spalding or Robert Franks, it's Ray Spalding all day. I just think Robert Franks, yes, he can shoot as a big man. That's valuable. But damn, that boy couldn't move. You know, like Ray Mm -hmm. Spalding is athletic. You can have him run to the rim. He's a way better defender than what Robert Franks is. Has a little bit of switch ability. And we can go and he can go up for lobs. I, I like Ray Spalding actually significantly better than what I like from Robert Franks. Robert Franks, we hardly knew ye. Got a better name, Ray Spalding, I think. I mean, if you're just going name, Robert Franks versus Ray Spalding. I mean, the guy's named after a basketball, Ray Spalding. Yeah, what about Bob Franks? If it was Bob Franks, Bobby, that just sounds funny. Bobby Franks? I like name. Bobby Franks. I think yeah, Bobby, Bobby Franks Frank. is a fun name, but Ray Spalding, definitely the better basketball name. So that's one part of my analysis. Yeah, you know, Spalding is a typical backup center, and he actually has NBA experience. He got a few starts for Phoenix, I believe, last season. So you know that he's kind of NBA game ready, but the Hornets aren't ready to bring a race ball, maybe later in the season, but not ready to bring a race balding or a Kobe Simmons into the regular rotation, not even a a Caleb Martin, uh, really. So, you know, really all you're going to see is Cody at this point, Cody Martin, and these other guys, they're just sort of moving some chess pieces around, but they clearly didn't love what they saw enough out of Robert Franks to invest in in the two-way contract. Still have some NBA sound to play later on in the show, but up next, we'll preview next week for the Charlotte Hornets, including their game at home on MLK Day to play the Magic at 5 p.m. A little matinee for you. We'll talk about that next year on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Develop winning habits. You know what winning habits are? Scoring things in the box score. That's what winning habits are. You compete. Rebounds, when you, assists. Yeah, when you compete, points. you get rebounds. When you compete, you get assists. When you compete, you score points. It's not you about effort. The it's about competing. <laughs> hey, you want me back you. on the show, I baby. I got you, Doug. You want me back you, on Doug. the show. This is me. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. That's as inappropriate a bump as it probably ever will be because Andy Bailey wrote an article about, wait for it, Doug, the screen assist and its importance because of our CEO, David Locke himself. Mm-hmm the true godfather of the Locked On Podcast Network, he came out with a tweet and said from the rip, hey, Rudy Gobert got a triple-double, and in qualifying for that triple-double, he has screen assists is counting towards that. And then so, of course, everybody just rips David Locke for even including the screen assist in a triple-double. And if you listen to this podcast, you know what Doug Branson thinks about the screen assist mm-hmm. in reference to Cody Zeller, because that's where he contributes. It doesn't necessarily mean that he contributes in your traditional box score. So I know, Doug, you immediately read the importance of the screen assist written by Andy Bailey in defense of our guy, David Locke. Everyone knows how I feel about screen assist, but if you've listened to the show long enough, you should also know how I feel about money. 
And so I love the screen assist right now. Screen assist, triple-double, <laughs> I'm into it. It's innovative. It's forward future thinking. I love it. Uh, Dave, I think David Luck is right on points. Let's go. Yeah, you know, I tried to tell you, I think we should include that stat in our box score bromance boogie beatdown. I don't know what it is, but we should absolutely include it in that alliteration segment. It's box that we score have. bromance battle beatdown. This isn't hard. This isn't All right. hard. <laughs> Hornets back at home on MLK Day to play the Magic at 5 p.m. Uh, my only takeaway from this is I wish it was earlier. I like the MLK games that, uh, games that start at like 2 p.m. I like those. I like going there, finishing up, going uptown, grab some dinner you afterwards. You like it. You personally like it. Yeah. Am I the only one? I don't do know. Do you like it at 2 p.m. Uh, or do you like it at 5 p.m.? I like, I like night games, man. I don't like the afternoon games. It just feels well, you're weird. You're a West Coast guy now. You might as well be West Coast being all the way in Nashville. Well, listen, the problem with it is when you come out of the arena and, you, and the sunlight, you know, the light hits your eye, it's, it doesn't feel natural. It feels natural to walk out of the arena and it'd be nighttime. And the the you know the the Queen City the crown is lit up and ready to go and you can do anything. It's just too much time uh, after the game. You don't know what to do with yourself. I don't like those. Plus, the Hornets typically I know it's a kind of a brand new team essentially, but they typically don't play well on the early early tips. So I'm just glad that they get the MLK Day game at home because they had it for so long. It, it felt like a sort of an unwritten tradition that the Hornets would get that. And then and and it went away for a while, and so I'm glad they're they're back home. Steve Clifford comes back to the Spectrum Center. He's been back before, but it's always a fun thing to see old Stevie. <laughs> well, now I'm, I was wondering when the dismount was going to come there. I was interested. That's it. That's the dismount, old Stevie. No, yeah, it was with an exclamation point. Of course, the Charlotte Hornets have some interesting history on MLK Day because we know about Kimba Walker's. 52 points on MLK Day. So that was all the way back in 2016 against the Jazz, right? That was a fun day for us. So maybe Devontae Graham can pay homage to Kemba Walker in doing so against the Orlando Magic. Um, Clifford, the the big red coach? Three more days off, and then Friday at home versus the Milwaukee Star Destroyers. Now, what often, if the listeners don't know, what often happens is when Mm -hmm. I read rundown i don't do so thoroughly so a lot of that is on me got to put it doesn't put enough information in here at times and i should check with it so i'm going to put some responsibility on myself but then i come across things like friday at home versus the milwaukee star destroyers and i just don't understand it whatsoever tell me where the lie is i mean these guys milwaukee they're incredible i mean they're just beating <laughs> the hell out of people you got no chance you are the you're the little the the cor, chorus. I can't remember the name of the ship that Leia's on that gets uh, sucked oh, up by the star destroyer. I can't remember the name of the actual cans? ship. It really ends up being a course can. Well, no, it ends up being. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Anyhow, uh, anyhow, uh, yeah, I can't remember exactly what it is. Bowels there. Uh, anyway, gonna, Milwaukee star destroyers. They they overwhelm you. They're huge, and it's it's going to be a bloodbath. Um, but. I think the important thing to take away, they get three more days off after that Milwaukee game. So this is really a time right before, really before the the next opportunity to really get some rest and practice like this will be around the All-Star break. So this is an opportunity for a Hornets team that's played a lot of games uh, to open up this season and for them to kind of regroup, figure some stuff out. They've lost 12 of their last 14. Something's got to give. You hope they start to play a little better after after these after this week, essentially. Is it Chorus Favali? Chorus yeah, Turkoglu? That's pretty, that's pretty much I'll look it up. All right. Thank you very much. We'll talk about it next year in the final segment of the Lockdown Hornets podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. 
This is Locked on Hornets. So if you don't believe in the moon landing, Mm -hmm. then what would you say is the greatest human achievement? I think the greatest achievement of all time, and I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise rather than counterclockwise. It's really tough. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Coruscant is the planet, is what I was thinking of. What's the ship? You're making up the ship. That's not, you're thinking of the planet. So I was, yeah, I did say Coruscant. That is actually the planet where the the Imperial, it becomes the Imperial Senate. You see it a lot in it's, the right, prequels. It's the, okay. it's the government center of the Republic that then becomes the where, Empire. Where we have an epic battle between Yoda and the Emperor. I believe, I don't want to say, because somebody's going to tweet and be like, no, actually, that's, you know, so I'm not going to confirm or deny that. But I, <laughs> That's but, you. That's how I picture you being. Right. So the ship itself, I'm not a Star Wars expert. I'm a big fan, but I'm not an expert. The ship that Leia is on when she is captured in A New Hope by the Star Destroyer is Corellian Corvette. So I had the cuh sound there. It's Corellian Corvette, <laughs> otherwise known as the Rebel Blockade Runner, all, otherwise known as Tantive Four. I had no clue about any of that. Uh, Nick Angstat, 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 Angstat. Nick Angstat has however, a clip. However many times you need, however many attempts you need, just go for it. Nick Angstat has a clip from the Lockdown NBA National Show about the trade, the Woj bomb that was, that broke yesterday. Here's Nick right now on the Alan Crabb trade. The Hawks and T-Wolves make a trade, and Minnesota has their sights set on trading for an all-star guard. I'm Nick Angstead with the Locked On Podcast Network, and here's your NBA update for Friday, January 17th. On Thursday, the Atlanta Hawks traded wing Alan Crabb to the Minnesota Timberwolves for guard Jeff Teague and wing Trevion Graham. Teague goes back to the Hawks where he was an all-star in 2015, and he'll back up Trey Young. Crabb and Teague are both on expiring contracts. And according to The Athletic, the Minnesota Timberwolves aren't done making trades, intensifying their pursuit for Golden State Warriors guard D'Angelo Russell. It's well known that Timberwolves star Carl Anthony Towns is good friends with Russell, but at this point, the Warriors have not been inclined to move on from him. So this is interesting to me, Walker, for a couple of reasons, and they're, they're actually there's some Hornets threads we can pull here because what Minnesota is doing uh, represents both what the Hornets have done in the past and what they'll have to do in the future with with this trade. In terms of what the Hornets have done in the past, you can see the the Timberwolves right now are out of the playoff race in the Western Conference. They're trying to get back in it. There were a lot of expectations that the Wolves would not only make the playoffs, but they would be a contender. You have one of the best players in the league in Carl Anthony Towns, and you don't want to waste that talent. And the Hornets felt very similar the past couple of years. So it's interesting to watch this as a Hornets fan from the outside looking in, this team that's wants to compete and is doing anything it can, pulling trades, moving players in order to try to compete. In terms of what the Hornets will have to do in the future, the Wolves are basically trying to kidnap D'Angelo Russell, who does not want to play in Minnesota. He's kind of made that clear. You've seen clips of like Minnesota fans saying, hey, come to Minnesota, and D'Angelo Russell's like, no, I'm good. So uh, that's what the Hornets have to do. They essentially have to kidnap players and bring them into Charlotte. Yeah, and D'Angelo Russell, I believe, had a quote, I think Bleacher Report put it out, where D'Angelo was talking about him going to Golden State, and he discussed when his agent called him and said, look, you could go to Golden State, and they're going to give you all of this money. He said, why the bleep are you on the phone with me right now? Go tell Golden State that, hell yeah, I'm coming over there. I want to go to Golden State. So D'Angelo Russell. I'm your agent, D'Angelo. That's why I'm on the phone with you. This is how this works. Get off the phone with me. No, make make sure I get the play with Steph Curry. Make sure I get the play with Klay Thompson. 
and Draymond Green, even though you only get to play with just one of those guys right now. Oops. Draymond Green. Yeah, that was a that was that was awful the way that things went about with Golden State this season. So D'Angelo <laughs> I had wanting to stay in Golden State instead of go to Minnesota. Doug, Minnesota started off pretty well. Remember we had the mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins revolution where mm-hmm. he was changing the way that he was playing and that's kind of cooled off and never bought it. Yeah, yeah, right. And I mean, look, he was doing things that were different and he had an impressive stretch, but right, it certainly cooled off and now they're not winning all that many games. It is interesting to see Minnesota go after it. And really, do they have any other choice, Doug? For instance, the Charlotte Hornets, you bring them up, they had an aging point guard in a situation where they didn't have anything much else. Minnesota has Carl Anthony Towns, who is considered maybe the best offensive big man in the league. And it's not like you can just say, after signing a new contract where he's got a bunch of years left on that contract, and it's not like you're trading him and you know starting over like the Hornets. I don't know if they have another choice. Yeah, I think there are probably some narrative factors there that were not exactly present in Charlotte. I think Charlotte, it was more of a financial motivation. We're making the playoffs for a market like Charlotte is actually beneficial to the team financially. And so there's an incentive to want to compete for the playoffs. Um, but the argument is, hey, why don't you actually make the playoffs when you can compete, when you can win a series, because that's how you bring fans back. Um, so, yes, I, I agree with you in, in that sense. But this is what the Hornets have to do. They have to kidnap. They essentially have to become kidnapper, kidnappers. You want Mitch Kupchak as general manager to, to throw somebody in the back of a van, force them to come to Charlotte, and then hopefully they develop Stockholm Syndrome, and they just love it so much here that you convince them to stay or at least convince them to play well for one season in the Toronto mold and get a Kawhi Leonard type of thing going on, and you win a championship accidentally. Well, and it's weird because former athletes actually really like Charlotte and have made their home here. Allen Iverson lives in Charlotte in a weird situation. Randy Same Moss. thing with Randy Moss. Randy yeah. Moss lives in Charlotte. Kimba didn't want to leave when – I mean, purely from a basketball standpoint, you should have wanted to leave and try to go win a championship. But Kimba wanted to stay in Charlotte because he liked it so much. Hell, Josh McCown is someone that has played for almost every single NFL franchise and decided, you know what? I like Charlotte the best. So it's kind of funny to see that all of the former athletes live here. Charlotte's amazing. Like, who would move away from Charlotte? Like, who would do that? What kind of moron? I don't don't get it, especially out especially out west about a few hours. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can follow us on Twitter at Hornets. Have a good weekend. We'll be back with you next week.